This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions for raising kind, successful, well-adjusted human beings and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive, accepting place now and for future generations. Hey there, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 64 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I am sharing another Q&A session from the Language Therapy Advance members area about sentence combining. So I have a lot of information available about things like morphology and syntax, and I get questions all the time about when it's appropriate to start working on these skills and what age we should start doing this. Because there are some misconceptions out there about when kids are ready for this kind of work. So to catch you up with morphology, what we're talking about would be word parts like grammatical endings, and then also things like prefixes and suffixes, just the parts of words that can give you information about why words are spelled the way that they are, and then also the word meanings. And those things can be really powerful for building spelling skills. I actually get into a little bit more detail about morphology in episodes 27, 28, and 29. So if you want more information about that, definitely check out those episodes. But I also have a lot of questions about syntax. And really, the this is such an important skill when it comes to language processing and helping kids to develop the language skills that they need in order to be successful in school, to comprehend what they read. Uh, these are language skills that can support executive functioning and just the ability to plan and process Working on language skills can decrease the cognitive load, which can make things a lot easier for for people who do have some weaknesses in working memory and have a hard time processing all the incoming information. So I could go on and on about how valuable these things are. But one of the questions that I get is that if it's appropriate to work on things like syntax and morphology with younger kids, because there's this perception that these skills are kind of harder, they should only be worked on when kids get into secondary school. And that's just not true. In the Language Therapy Advanced Foundations framework, I actually recommend working on some of these skills as early as kindergarten in first grade. Of course, I'm not expecting that kids be able to read these words or write complete sentences, but there is a way that you can start this kind of work early on. And it's actually a fallacy to think, oh, well, you know, they they need this skill before we can work on this other language skill. Well, that's not always true because the way that we learn language is that we're exposed to difficult skills. And that's what's actually going to help us to learn those more difficult skills. A lot of people want this kind of hierarchy about, you know, you have to work on this skill before this skill. And we can't necessarily always pinpoint that. 
when we're thinking about language and literacy, a lot of times the exposure to the more difficult skills, the more difficult vocabulary is what actually facilitates it. So there are ways that we can start to work on this for younger students. And the truth is, is that it's disheartening when kids don't get this kind of work until secondary school. A lot of times when those types of goals don't show up on IEPs until kids are, you know, in sixth or seventh grade, well, there's a lot of missed opportunities there that weren't taken advantage of in the early years where kids could have developed a stronger foundation. A lot of times if we wait until we start to see those issues with reading and writing and spelling that come out in the, in the later years, well, sometimes it can feel like too little too late especially if kids are starting to show those issues with learning to read, processing language. Well, that's a sign that they do need this kind of work. And so that's a lot of what I cover in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations and in some of the free information on this podcast and my blog. I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but this is just really, really important. And kids are ready for work on syntax and morphology way earlier than we think. So the question that I got in this particular Q&A is how to work on a strategy called sentence combining. How do we do that with a first grader? Sentence combining is one of the strategies that I teach for building syntax in language therapy advanced foundations. And the whole purpose of it is to help build comprehension and use of complex sentences so that kids can have a foundation that's going to help them process language in other contexts like academic texts or being able to use complex sentences when they're doing different writing assignments. A lot of times if kids don't have the concept of complex sentences, if they struggle with that concept, it's harder for them to process entire paragraphs. So this can be a key skill that causes that breakdown. And then when we have kids who struggle with the organization of writing, when we actually look at what's going on, just you know, getting into the weeds a little bit about what kind of sentences are they writing, well, we notice that a lot of times they have very simple sentence types and it's taking them so much energy to try to figure out how to put a sentence together that, of course, they don't have a lot of bandwidth left for, you know, thinking about high level organization of their writing or other things like just their thought process and the gist of what they're reading or what they're writing about. So this is a skill that's really important and it can be addressed in a pullout or separate therapy situation where we've got kind of a small group and have a very structured activity. And, and with that particular activity, using the strategy that can result in good generalization to other things. Not to say that kids won't ever need additional work on writing and organization of their their papers, or it's also not to say that they won't ever need work on comprehension strategies, but a lot of times kids don't respond well to those strategies focused on executive functioning or reading comprehension. A lot of times they don't have that language foundation to be able to truly process what they're reading and get the gist of what they're trying to say or what they're trying to read. So it can be really important to build this skill. And as I said before, it's important that we start building this skill as soon as possible. 
So that's why in this Q&A, I'm going to pull out a specific case study where I walked through some ways that you can use this sentence combining strategy for younger kids. I think a lot of times when I explain this, people can kind of figure out how they might do it for a student who is reading. So a student who might be, you know, third, fourth grade or older, but when it comes to younger kids, People tend to ask me, okay, I get why this is important. I get how I would use this with my older students who are late elementary or secondary, but how do I do it with younger students? So I give some examples of how to do that in this Q&A. So I thought it would be useful to share with my listeners. Obviously, this is taken from the Language Therapy Advanced Foundations members area, so I do reference that program specifically. Um, Part of the reason why I'm sharing this is because, number one, I thought it would be really useful because I get questions about this all the time, but also so that I can share if you are interested in joining Language Therapy Advanced Foundations, then you get to kind of see what's involved in the program. Language Therapy Advanced Foundations is an online course for speech pathologists who want a system for language therapy. This is a huge area where it can be really difficult to know where to start. There are so many different skills that we could address when it comes to language processing it can be difficult to know what we should focus on that's going to really move the needle for our students and help them so that they can be successful in school. So they can actually start to look forward to things like reading and writing and feel successful. So I show you exactly how to do that in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. If you're interested in learning more about how to become a member, you can go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. Again, that's drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. And I will share that there is a big module on syntax where I talk about a number of different strategies that you can use to build the difficult sentence types that tend to cause processing issues. And so this is a huge priority for those kids who, who do struggle with things like following directions, reading, writing, and just processing and comprehension This is going to be a really important thing to address with those students. And this specific strategy that I am talking about in this Q&A is one of those things that is covered in that module. So I hope you enjoy this Q&A with the Language Therapy Advanced Foundations members on sentence combining for students in early elementary school. everybody. Um, I wanted to pop in and answer a quick question that came in from a member and um, just just talk through this case study that came in just a few minutes. So I think that it will be helpful for a lot of you who are working on sentence combining and syntax with some of your students. So let me rearrange my screen here so I'm not just constantly looking up here. And let me read through the case study. So the case study is that um, she says, I've been working on sentence combining with the first grader. Um, We've mostly been working on combining two written sentences, sentence into one sentence with a compound subject or predicate. He's been really struggling with this and mainly because it's because it's because he's very little. Um, I know that if I continue to work on sentence combining, I need to supplement written sentences with pictures. However, the main question is, should I even be working on sentence combining with him? 
So let's see. He had some really low scores on the self preschool self. Um, some of the, the things that you would use to indicate that syntax was an issue. So something like um, concepts and following directions, word structure and recalling sentences. Those were all low. So her thought was, I need to focus on syntax with this student. However, he does have, because he's only in first grade, he has weak orthographic knowledge, weak um, phonological awareness, those types of things. So really the question is, is this the right way to focus? Even if we are working on syntax with a student, should I be doing this or should I be shifting to another area of focus? So one of her questions was, is would morphological study focus on phonological awareness be beneficial for the student? I would say it sounds like he is pretty low. So you absolutely could, if he is struggling with sentence combining, you absolutely could shift the focus of your therapy and and focus on morphology and do, doing some morphology study, doing some phonological awareness. Some of the things that I outline in Language Therapy Advanced Module 5, you absolutely could shift the focus. I think a lot of times people are a little bit afraid of putting something down to focus on something else. But remember, with language skills, a lot of times we're working on something, we're working on something, and we're kind of like, are they getting it? Are they not? A lot of times we're planting seeds and we don't even realize it yet. So it's totally okay to shift the focus and focus on something else for a while. And then maybe we pull in some of those things, some of those skills that we've been working on before with our students, but it's not the main focus of therapy. So it's absolutely okay to shift the focus to working on morphology with the student because there will be some opportunities to practice syntax as well. Sentence combining is a really powerful technique for students with syntax, but it is not the only one. There are certainly other ways that you can address syntax. For example, if you're working on morphology and you're maybe even working on putting a different ending on a word to change its verb tense, and then you're working on putting the word in a sentence, then you're still working on syntax there. Um, we do have to get beyond the say the word in a sentence when we're targeting syntax, but that's still a good thing to do. We just don't want to stop there. So what you can be doing with this student is you could shift the focus to morphology and maybe you um, show the model for the student some ways that they can use compound and complex sentences for um, and pull in some of those sentence types that you've been working on in sentence combining. So they're still getting that reinforcement. The other question that she had was, would some other type of study on syntax be beneficial for this student? And um, should should I be doing that, especially if he has a hard time spelling and writing? So um, a lot of times what you can do for students that struggle with this is that it's always okay to focus on a different sentence type because I do, I do give you a hierarchy in those ultimate guides to syntax, a different sentence types that are easier or harder, but you never know because language growth isn't always linear. A lot of times we want some kind of a curriculum that's going to show us a hierarchy. And yes, some hierarchies do exist, but sometimes we just never know what kids are going to be able to do. So it's totally okay to try a different sentence type if they're stuck on one. Maybe they'll be able to do a harder one. Maybe they'll be able to combine two sentences. So um, combining, uh, making a compound sentence 
two simple sentences just joined by a conjunction. That one's actually a little bit easier because you don't have to manipulate parts of the sentence. So that would be something to try. Another thing is that we do have sentence deconstruction as a technique. So that is another avenue that you could try where you give the student two different sentences and maybe you show him the written form of the sentence and you read it out loud to him. You read one then, or you read the whole sentence and then you say, okay, tell me two separate sentences that um, uh, in, instead of one sentence. So it could be something like, you know, mom cleaned the dishes and dad mowed the lawn. So the sentences that you could come up with are mom did the dishes, dad mowed the lawn. Seeing if they can pull out those two different ideas from those sentences, even if the syntax isn't exactly perfect, sometimes that can be something that you can work on as well. Another thing that you can do to work on syntax, again, is using those sentence starters. So again, starting the first part of the sentence and seeing if they can fill in the next one. So mom cleaned the dishes and, and then you see if they can fill in the rest of the sentence, whether it be verbal or whether it be written as well. It's okay for those kids who are a little bit lower, who don't quite have those spelling skills yet, to be exposing them to the written language, but not necessarily requiring them to always be able to read it and write it 100% accurately. Again, you're, you're, you're uh, planting those seeds. Uh, those seeds are starting to, starting to grow, but they might not be able to do all of those skills yet. So at least if you can solidify some of it verbally, then that is a that is something that's going to help. Um, another thing is that sometimes you can do almost a uh, kind of a fill in the blank thing where you give them part of the sentence and you see if they can they can fill in the part that's missing, whether it be verbally or whether it be in written. But but again, play around with it. Um, don't don't worry about. Um, maybe sometimes you might be doing some kind of priming or prompting. Um, again, with sentence starters, what you're doing is you're starting to say part of the sentence and then you're allowing them to finish. But what that might end up having to be some of the time is that you might be doing some priming beforehand, meaning that you might actually say the entire sentence that you want them to say and then see if they can repeat it back to you. Or maybe you might say, say the sentence and then give them a sentence starter and see if they can fill in the blank. Um, it's not just, you know, again, the it's you're not going to just sit there and just have them repeat sentences over and over again for the entire session. But doing some of those priming exercises where they're just repeating what you say before you actually ask them to do the task that can prime them so that they're used to using some of those structures. Because again, repeating over and over again and repeatedly using those structures, even if it's just verbally, um, what that's going to do is give them experience using that sentence structure. And that's going to start drawing those connections for them. So again, don't be afraid to use simple repetition. Remember, it's not, you're not going to be rote drilling it the entire session, but what you're going to do is use it as kind of a priming and prompting, especially if you're like, you know, you're asking them to put the sentence together and they can't do it at all. Then maybe you say, okay, um, here's one way we could say it. Say the sentence, have them repeat it back. Maybe try that a couple times. And then um, what you could also do is you could say, 
um, again, say the sentence, um, say part of the sentence, have them fill in the blank or fill in the rest of it out loud. And then maybe you eventually phase back with that same sentence and see if they can say the whole sentence. So basically you're giving them the whole thing and then gradually giving them less and less until they come up with it on their own. And that kind of thing, it seems very rote and drill, but eventually what you want to be able to do is phase it back so that they can come up with some of those sentences on their own. But doing, again, some of those activities that give them experience using those sentence forms is going to help to make some of those connections. We just want to be able to gradually fade those prompts and make the activity less and less um, structured. Eventually, we want them to be able to just come up with a compound sentence on their own or just give them two sentences and have them combine them. But we might have to do a lot of that modeling and then fading fading those cues, fading those models, fading the amount that we of prompts and models that we give them until they can get the entire thing correct on their own. And it's, it's okay to do this. Um, it does for kids who can write and read. Again, there are some working memory things that come into play here. Sometimes it's hard to hold that whole sentence in your head and then be able to come up with an combine that sentence. I'm thinking of a bunch of the subtests on, for example, the told where you give them a bunch of um, sentences and then they've got to explain it. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting there sometimes thinking like, I don't even think I could do this if I didn't see the sentence in front of me. Um, but again, yeah, like we just, we want to just keep pushing kids and see how much they, they can do. All right, so um, this pretty much answers that question. Um, let me make sure that I've answered all of it. Yep, okay. So again, uh, you know, with all these cases that you guys come up with, um, post them, um, it, it is usually better if, you, if you've if you got a question. I know a lot of you, um, I do take some questions via email. I am gonna be moving to... Um, more of the questions being done in the group, just because I want to keep it streamlined. I want to be able to keep it in a place where I can answer you more quickly. So um, the other thing about answering them in the group is that, again, I see I see Michaela, I see Tasha hopping in here, and they weren't the people who asked the question, but they might have some cases where they might have the same question. So it's always helpful for other people in the group to see your questions. So I'd encourage everybody in here, if you've got a question about any of the course content for any of the courses, Vocab Foundation, Language Therapy Advance, Social Language Roadmap, and the Narratives course, any of those questions are always going to be helpful for people in this group. So feel free to post them in here and and then I'll talk through any of those questions that you have or direct you to the place in the program. You can go to watch a module that will help answer that question. And a lot of times I might have already done a, a live session like this to answer a question as well. So. Thanks, everybody, for hopping into this impromptu live this morning. Again, keep your questions coming, and everybody have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode helpful. Again, if you are interested in learning more, about Language Therapy Advanced Foundations, which is my program where I teach sentence combining, among a number of other strategies that are 
really put into a framework for you so that you know how to create a system for language therapy, then definitely check out our enrollment page. You can go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy to get more information about what's included in the program. Again, you can go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. And another thing that I wanted to mention before I wrap up, if you're not a speech pathologist or if you just want a little bit of information about syntax specifically, then you're welcome to check out my ultimate guide to sentence structure, which goes into things like sentence combining and shares a little bit more about the specific sentence types that tend to be an issue for kids who have language processing issues. So this is, again, was designed for SLPs, but if you're a parent or a teacher, I definitely have parents and teachers use this guide all the time and find it helpful. So you're welcome to check it out as well. So I wanted to just share this for my non-SLP listeners. To get more information about that guide, just go to drkarenspeech.com backslash sentence structure. Again, drkarenspeech.com backslash sentence structure. So thank you so much for listening. And remember that if you found this useful, it helps us to get this information to the people who need it if you share it with your friends and colleagues. So definitely do that if you found it useful or if you think that someone else would find it useful. I would certainly appreciate that. And also, I always appreciate if you would leave me a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So thank you so much for listening. We will wrap up now, but I will see you in the next episode. <music>